by step. You have to tell them, okay, you do this and do, and they actually have to do it. And mm-hmm. that's how they, they'll retain it. But it's, it's really a matter of understanding, you know, what works best for you. and you're listening to For Change Be Bold. Let's chat, let's laugh, because it's your time to start choosing you. Juliet Nelson is a business development professional by day, an entrepreneur at night, and a choir director on the weekend. Last year, she published her book, Sharing My Lens, The College Experience, which is a reflection on some of the valuable gems students need to prepare and go through their academic experience. Juliet enjoys watching Korean dramas and writing in her spare time. She's also a CEO and a co-founder and also a former English teacher. So, hey, Juliet. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you to, you know, speak about a topic that I think is super relevant around this time. Absolutely. uh, Yes, it's very important for, you know, so many high schoolers, middle schoolers, college, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone to learn what time management is like, you know, while they're at home and still, uh, you know, getting that online learning and getting those work in. So I'm definitely, so, yeah, so happy to have you. You are also the founder of two amazing company, a co-founder and a founder. So can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit more about your companies and why you decided to start them? So Junuri, um, it's, Junuri is a learning and development. They're both learning and development companies. They serve different purposes. Um, with Junuri, our goal is to basically empower students and professionals to be more productive in every aspect of their lives. Um, so we provide tutoring, we provide coaching um, for students. We, we help them with, for example, um, writing their academic papers. Um, so, you know, a student might come to us with a draft or with needing help. And what we do is we actually walk them through the process, give them the tools and the resources that they need um, so that they are now empowered to, you know, be a little bit more self-sufficient when they have to do it another time around. Mm-hmm. We help them with presentation prep with professionals. We do resume building. We do interview prep. Um, we also provide services where we would um, redesign their professional portfolio, whether it's on a website or whether it's on their LinkedIn. Um, And we also have a publishing branch um, where we offer book coaching services where, you know, a writer might come in and we we coach them through the writing process um, and really empower them to have a stronger voice with whatever they've had. Um, So those are the the three branches of Junuri. Voisin is Haitian Creole for neighbor, and it's actually, I co-founded it 
Um, and I'm actually the chief business development officer, um, nice. technically the same thing as the CEO, but, um, I, my business partner and I, we, you know, he's more into content development and, um, website building and, and video production and so on and so forth. And for me, I'm more on the education field. So we, one day we're just brainstorming ideas of how we could really make an impact in our community. And we identified a challenge where there are not enough resources, um, that are comprehensive in nature to teach the Haitian Creole language, mm -hmm. um, you know, for Caribbean languages. And I noticed that, you know, you're from Jamaica. Um, yeah. so you might understand, you know, every, any official language in the Caribbean, they see it as a slang. Yes, they um, do. and, and most likely will associate it only with, um, the country that, you know, was our mother colony at yeah. the time. Um, whereas, you know, Haitian Creole, um, and there are, there are, Creole languages and other parts of the Caribbean as well that are actually officially recognized. We're just a blend of so many different languages, but socially people see it as a French slang. And when they teach the language, most likely you're learning it by ear. You're not really getting a comprehensive understanding of what the grammar rules are, yeah. um, what the writing rules are. So for the most part, people speak it how they learned it by ear. They speak it how they want, they write it how they want. And so we decided that we were going to come up with a learning management system that really walks our learners through um, the, the ABCs from scratch of speaking Creole. And we're ensuring that whatever we're teaching is in line with um, the Haitian Creole Academy in Haiti, as well as the, um, the interagency language roundtable scale, um, which is a standard scale that dictates what level of fluency a speaker should have at each different level at different levels so that's basically wasn't um we right now we're still um in the development phase of the actual online learning system but we are you know we have been engaging our learners on social media and so on and so forth so that's awesome and, you know, as you mentioned about, like, you know, the language being a slang, mm -hmm. that's the same thing with, yeah. like, Jamaican um, Patois. And mm -hmm. there was, like, a big, you know, debate recently about whether or not we should make it, like, an official language of Jamaica because so many people want to learn it, but then mm -hmm. no one has a clue has how to teach, you know, because there's so many different spellings for the, you know, different words. And everyone says like a difference that I, you know, the word. Yeah. So yeah, I could see exactly how important it is to, Absolutely. to create something to teach it and to, you know, allow others to realize this is actually our culture and this is our language. This is what we speak. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. So Absolutely. how are you open with staying at home or are you used to just being at home and enjoying? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a little more introverted and I know if my friends were listening to this podcast, they'd say absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I guess you could say I'm ambiverted where when I am in public, you know, I will engage, I will communicate, but I do prefer to be at home alone and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, I, I was already, I, I work 
for the government um, during the day. So I already was able to work from home home, once or twice a week. So, you know, when the whole shutdown happened, it was just, you know, having that Monday through Friday at home versus going into the office three times a week. Um, Now that I'm at home, you know, I've I've been trying to really – keep my time busy um now that I don't have like an hour almost hour and a half commute going and coming from work you know I'm taking that extra time to see what I can invest in reading more um you know more self-care um working more on the two businesses and seeing what next what other strategies would be beneficial for growing the business but I'm also you know and I'm trying to be very intentional about it also trying to take time for self-care, seeing how, you know, if it's not staying active, seeing how I can clock out for a little bit and just, you know, do something that really pours into me or, or allows me to tune out from all the chaos that's going on. And I want to be fair in saying that because I know that, you know, for some of our essential workers, this is their every day, you know, this is their reality. Um, but yeah. that's kind of what I've been trying to do. Um, and, you know, sometimes having to take a break from social media uh, because that can also be very emotionally taxing it is. where, you know, it, there was one day I went um, on my Facebook and it, it was like death, 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 death. Mm-hmm. And some people were not as obvious about it. Some people were like, I need prayer for so and so and so. Um, hashtag COVID-19 sucks type of thing. Um, so, so it was just very overwhelming and I had to get to a point where I said, you know what, I'm just going to start taking time away from social media because it's, it's a lot. So, yeah, you have to, um, I started that exactly. Um, normally I will be on my, you know, my social media, just sharing, Mm -hmm. you know, reading and, you know, getting information. But now I'm like, it's, it's everything about COVID-19 and it's so yeah. who's dying and how many is dead. And I was like, Nope, I cannot do this to my yeah. self. I need to have a healthy headspace, and I can't. Yeah. So like, I'll spend a few minutes on there, get off and do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't even listen to the news. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I try not to, I try to read about stuff that's happening, but I don't mm-hmm. want to be that invested that I'm constantly trying to see what's happening. And then, you know, we go into this depressed state or. Yeah. Out of, yeah. I mean, it's and I think it's important to have that level of um, balance mm-hmm. as well. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but you know, it's important to have that level of balance. As you said, I stopped watching the news a very long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I would get the news is, you know, if CNN or ABC or whatever puts a clip of an interview on, on Facebook, on social media, that's where I would actually catch it. Um, what I actually did was had my notifications so that any news reports that come in, all I would see is the headline. And if it piques my attention, I'll open it. If not, it just gets disregarded. Um, but you know, I, I at least try to see how I can redirect that energy because the reality is, you know, there are people who are on the front lines and it's, it's traumatic for them. It you is. know, nurses, health, I'm, I'm not even going to specify which medical professional, but medical and healthcare professionals, whether they're in the hospital, whether they're mental health, whatever it is, yeah. you know, it's, it's overwhelming. 
Um, and it's traumatic. You know, you have truck drivers who are under significant pressure to deliver goods to supermarkets. Mm -hmm. You have people in these supermarkets who have to deal with, you know, consumers in this, you know what I mean? So it's, it's everyone. And it's it even is. people at home who are worried about not being able to work. It's students who are struggling mm -hmm. to transition into this um, virtual space yeah. with school when some of them, you know, enjoyed seeing their friends and so on and so forth. So, you know, even when we're trying to shut off and disconnect, at least for myself, I still try to be mindful of them and I do keep them in my thoughts. Um, I'm actually in the process of writing a note for my U.S. my postal carrier who delivers my mail and just leave nice. it outside my mailbox just to say thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And checking up on my friends um, because honestly, there are things you see on television and you never imagine. You you know they could happen to anyone, yeah. but you never imagine when or that they could actually come so close to home. That's true. And so. You know, at first you see people saying hospitals are overwhelmed and so on and so forth. Then you go on social media and you realize, wait, my friend's a nurse. My friend's a doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them are coming on and you can tell that they've aged within days or yep. weeks. Yes. And they're like, guys, you know, we're tired with this. We're running out of materials. Yeah. Um, and they're confirming all of these things that we're seeing on the news. So just, you know, disconnecting, but also being mindful and thoughtful of those who are on the front lines. So. Yeah. Catch up with them. Um, talk to them. I was also in the medical field as a CNA for three years. So I completely wow. understand exactly what some of them are going through mm -hmm. and it's hard. But, yeah. you know, but they're pushing through. So we have to push through for them. And that's why we got to stay Absolutely. Home. We mm -hmm. got to stay home so they can do their job and so that they can get back to their family. Because a lot of them are right yeah. now in hotels and they're trying to stay away from yeah. their kids. It's super hard. So mm -hmm. yeah, we just have to play our part to help them also. Absolutely. Yeah. So you were a teacher also, an English teacher in Korea. Yes. Uh, how, long, how long did you teach for and do you miss it? <laughs> I did it for a year and like two months, I'd say a year and change. Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, I miss it sometimes. Not necessarily. I mean, it's a combination of things, right? I didn't live in the United States. It was a completely different culture interacting with different people and so on and so forth. So it's not only limited to just the teaching experience. It was more just the overall experience of living and working abroad, yeah. um, is what I miss. Um, I don't necessarily enjoy being a classroom teacher. Um, my father, you know, my, my, since I was a kid, I wanted to be a teacher. When I got to the sixth grade, I threw the whole dream away. I was like, no. And, and it was very, a, a trivial reason. It, it was very immature. I found out that on superintendent's day, um, in the elementary schools, which happens like one or once or twice a week, I found out that the teachers actually have to come into school. Oh. And they don't get to stay home, even though the kids get to stay home. And I was devastated. I was like, I'm not signing up for this. <laughs> I was like, if the students get to stay home, if I'm a teacher, I want to stay home too. I don't care if I get summer vacations off. Superintendents, they should be for the teachers too. And I threw the, I threw the whole thing away. Um, but, you know, my father, you know, he's a classroom teacher. He's, he works in the public school system. So, um, you know, I, 
I figured since, you know, it was something I wanted to do as a kid, it doesn't hurt to give it a shot for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that I, I do understand the pressures that even though I haven't experienced it to the extent that, you know, public school or private school teachers have experienced it, but I do understand the pressure of being a classroom teacher. You have a, a large group of how many students, whether it's adults or children, and you have to really manage all of their learning needs. And you're also held up to some kind of a standard. You're handed a curriculum and you have to follow that curriculum. Um, yeah. And depending on, you know, what you're teaching or what school you're in or what, or what the standards are, sometimes it's, it's difficult to deviate from that curriculum, right? Because you have to make sure they're meeting the standard. They're taking these types of exams or they're making this grade and so on and so forth. But I will say that, you know, I, I, that's kind of where I discovered my purpose of being an educator and, and pouring into people. And so I, I do miss it. I can't say I hated it. I just like to be able to do what I do now, which is work with students one-on-one, identify their learning needs and really have a learning, a learning plan that's catered to them. Nice. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I work in the middle school right now. I'm an SBTA. So I work with a special okay. ed department. Um, it's super fun um, at times. At times it can be tedious. and um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's a learning experience where yeah. you get to see each day what each teacher like have to go through, um, yeah. what they have to face. And mm-hmm. um, it opens your eyes a lot to... Mm-hmm understanding that these teachers are actually working super hard yeah. to help your kid and mm-hmm. when they send these kids home with assignments it's your responsibility yeah. to help these kids to get them yeah. done so absolutely yeah. Yeah, yeah it gives you a newfound appreciation for teachers it, it, it certainly does but i mean it, it i will say it's, it was a great experience um i i don't think i would do it again would <laughs> i go back to korea and visit absolutely without hesitation i would Um, but you know, having teaching in a classroom environment, um, you know, while I, I, I was told that I did very well at it. Um, but I prefer, if you ask me what I prefer, I prefer to work with students one-on-one. Yeah. I think we're, yeah, I'm on the same page as me. I'll prefer to work with student one-on-one. Absolutely. Um, So now we're going to jump into, uh, topic that is super important which is like time management and in your book sure in the lens of the college experience chapter one you talked about know thyself um i wanted to know why was this so important for students and even just for anyone actually to know themselves before they continue on their journey through the educational world, whether it's, you know, starting their business, um, you know, becoming their boss, um, you know, like, why is it important for them to know thyself? I think the challenge um, with us as human beings, especially young people, Mm-hmm. Um, is that when you're at that age, late teens, early adulthood, especially, you are supposed to plan for a future that is so uncertain. Yeah. And so you start just picking things that seem interesting or seem appealing. Not that they necessarily fit you. And, you know, from when you're a kid, 
they always ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. Mm -hmm. They don't ask, what do you want to do? There's a difference. You can say, you know, I want to be a doctor. What I want to do, I want to improve or help people improve their quality of life. You don't have to do that as a doctor. You can do that as a dietitian. You can do it as a nurse. You can do it as a nutritionist. You can do it as a fitness instructor, instructor, whatever the case may be. So what happens is we get to college. And once again, we, we might have seen something in a book. We might have had someone, saw someone who said, oh, well, you'd be good at this and you'd be good at that. But we never really take that. We're never really trained to take that time and say, um, who am I? How do I learn? Um, what is my purpose on this earth? Like, what am I supposed to do? And how does my personality, what are my strengths? What are my areas of opportunity? And how do I process information? How does my personality fit into a learning environment? How does it fit into a professional environment, into a business environment? And so, you know, I've done a lot of studies on psychology especially in an organizational context. Um, And you find that, you know, we're kind of just forced to perform well in these big environments. And then we get reprimanded because we're not performing well, instead of them looking at what are your needs as an individual and how can we, how can we meet those needs? And I think especially for um, the education field, um, when you're especially going into college or in high school, trying to figure out what, what you're going to study, there's, it, it takes a lot for you to look deep inside yourself and figure out who you are. How do you learn? Some people are more intuitive. Some people are more analytical. Um, you have those who are more introverted, those who are more extroverted. You know, I referred to a couple of personality assessments that, you know, and it's not even a Zodiac thing. It literally asks you questions on your habits, on your preferences, on your thoughts. And then it really helps you enter into a state of self-reflection and, yeah. and have you consider it in terms of how you interact with yourself and how you interact with your environment. For myself, um, I, I'm not good at memorizing things. I'm good at making sense of things that are just, you know, of common sense, right? Yeah. Um, so business school worked out for me where there are things that maybe we didn't necessarily consider, but it's common sense. And then they might put a term to it. Right. And they say, okay, this is what we call this theory because this is what we're studying versus we'll say engineering or mathematics. It's a lot of calculations. Um, and so for someone who's more calculated, someone who's more analytical, in nature, that might have been a better learning experience for them. And when you consider going into the workplace, you have your thinkers and your feelers. Feelers are people who are more, um, they, they care more about caring for people, right? Um, and it doesn't mean that thinkers don't care for people. They just process their energy differently. And so someone who cares for people, they're more likely to be a teacher or a nurse, or even if they went to nursing school, they might be on the front line dealing with the patients instead of managing the nurses or managing the medical professionals. So it's when it comes to knowing thyself, it's, it's really understanding how you function and how you interact with your environment. I also touched on learning styles, and um, you'd be surprised at how different people learn. Yeah. Um, I know in college... I failed one particular course and it was very much lecture style. 
And I noticed that all of the professors that were doing lectures, I mean, they would have visual aids, but they didn't use them. They just talked for an hour or two. And so I found myself going to the professor and say, listen, I'm not, I'm not doing well in this class, you know, and I didn't understand it. I was just telling them, hey, here's an alternative. I'll write an essay. If you want 10 pages for each chapter in the book, I will do it because I knew I was a better writer. Um, but what happened is I remember getting, doing my master's and a professor said, what is your preferred learning style? And I've never had a professor ask me that question until that point. And so that's when I realized I was more of a reading writing person where I could read something and I have to take notes so that I can translate what I understand. I am also very visual. When you show, when you give me a visual aid, you need to point to it. You actually have to, if you're talking to me, you have to point to what you're referring Thank to you. mm-hmm. on the pa- PowerPoint because that's how I learn. And I realize even with someone giving me directions, if I tell them, okay, how do I get, for example, to McDonald's? Oh, you make a right and then you make a left and at the second light. After your first right, you've lost me because I'm not an auditory learner. And so in education, I think even kids at in the elementary school level, they should start you know, knowing themselves in that way understanding how they learn because when they see how they learn even if someone is teaching in a way that's not conducive to their learning style number one they're able to communicate that number two they can still take what they're being given and translate it according to their learning style so we learn the same (laughs) awesome Yeah, that's exactly how I learned to. I am visual. I like mm-hmm. to read and then write mm-hmm. things out. Yeah. I retain information 100% when I rewrite. <laughs> I am not mm-hmm. going to look at the board and instantly get anything. Um, yeah. You have to point at it. You have to show yeah. me you got to that area or that answer. And even though I love math and so many people ask me, why do you love math? But mm-hmm. you know what? I feel like once you show me once, I'm good. You yeah. just need to show me once and I'm good. But if you just keep talking and talking, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> I'm not. And for some people who are hands-on, I realize if you make me do it the first time, I will not remember it. But for some people, you Mm -hmm. have to give them the step by step. You have to tell them, okay, you do this and do, and they actually have to do it. And Mm -hmm. that's how they'll retain it. But it's, it's really a matter of understanding, you know, what works best for you. I know I, and I realize even trade school is not as popular, um, at least to me, right. Coming from a West Indian household, you know, all the emphasis was on college, 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 yep. nurse, engineer, doctor, lawyer. That's it. We don't know anything else. Um, nothing else. Nothing else. You know, and if you do something else, they, they might support you, but you can tell they're not a fan of it. You know, you know what I mean? No, they're not. So, they're not. I, so, sorry to cut you ahead. off, but my sister and I, we were in New York like a couple of years ago and at my, mm-hmm. one of my uncle's house, he's a nurse, and he just kept going. Like, you guys need to go into trade, um, a trade, like a professional trade, you know, like nursing mm-hmm. and then teaching. Yeah. And we're like, no, like, what if we start our own online business and do this? No, 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 yeah. you don't need to do that. And it's just every single Jamaican household is like that. 
it's every Caribbean household. <laughs> not, yeah, but, not you know, Jamaican. Sorry, not Jamaican. It's, it's Caribbean. It's a Caribbean <laughs> thing. But I, you know, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, and you know, it's 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 African. It's um, you know, I even hear it's, it happens in the Asian culture as well. You know, there are certain professions that are just more respected than others. Mm-hmm. I think what we need to start transitioning our minds into doing, and I cover that, I believe, in chapter two with, you know, applying hard work. When you work hard and you're strategic in how you apply your energy, you're, you are bound to be successful. Yes. You know, there are photographers, musicians, freelance artists who are extremely successful making more than six figures or millions and they're doing very very well you know and so now it's not about with which profession grants you immediate job security um but it's more about how can i apply my energy the right way so that i can yield a positive outcome yes that's true like it, it even though i feel like so many um you know or older family members or elders, they mm-hmm. are stuck on like the traditional jobs and, you know, yeah. do this and do that. You have to also think about like in the long run, like I yeah. always tell people like, think about it like this. Are you going to be a hundred percent in that job? Are you yeah. just doing it for your mom, your dad to please mm-hmm. them? Because for example, like a nursing job, that's a lot. It mm-hmm. will get you to a place in life where you are depressed if you mm-hmm. are not a hundred percent into it. So yeah. ensure that any area, um, career field that you're going into, make sure that your heart is in there and not just yeah. for the money. I mean, yes, we yeah. want to make money, but at the end of the day, make sure that you can wake up every single morning and smile to go into work. Mm-hmm. Not Absolutely. Or be mad at anyone mm-hmm. else because I mean, I mean, I mean, look at, um, look at things now, right? You have government officials who are holding the weight Mm -hmm. of many people at once. You have CEOs, company leaders who are also holding the weight of many people at once. You have medical professionals who are literally like having to manage someone's life, someone's fate in their hands. And so what happens is we force a kid to go in, for example, to be a nurse um, and or a doctor or whatever, and they do it because they want to make their parents proud, which is nice. But if they don't like it while they're in school, their poor performance begins in school. And what happens is, you know, you'll go into working as a medical professional, but what happens when a pandemic happens, like occurs like this? Are you able to handle that pressure? And I don't fault anybody who can't handle it. I no. can't because some people don't have the emotional, um, the emotional stability for that. They can't emotionally handle people dying left and right. Um, what about teachers? You know what I mean? they run the risk of someone coming in and putting all of these children that are not their children at yes. harm. Yeah. You know, they run that risk every day. They might be dealing with children who have their own issues coming at home. And those kids are bringing in all of that energy. And the teacher ha- now has to deal with that energy. 
but not everybody has that emotional capacity to handle that. The same as being a business owner, the same as being a, 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 a government worker, even working in a supermarket. Not yep. everyone is capable to do that and handle themselves calmly with poise. You know what I mean? Not everybody can. And if you can't, that's also okay. But we shouldn't feel forced to do something that doesn't fall within our purpose, number one. And number two, doesn't really align with who we are. Yes, I agree. I agree 100%. We have to, you know, find what, you know, fits each and every one of us so that we Absolutely. can... Um, grow as an individual and also intentionally go out there and empower and push other people to grow also for what they want to be. So, you know, so many schools went online. I am also in school, (laughs) completed. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm in the healthcare administration field. Um, It's tedious. It's my last year. I am excited, but I'm also kind of like, oh, I'm not going to get to walk. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But that's okay. Um, So you're graduating like this spring? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, first, Um, congratulations. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh, my goodness. Um. But yeah, like so many kids, um, not kids, but, you know, well, kids and um, adults, their transition to the online space where now many of them are used to being in front of a professor speaking and, you know, now they're Mm -hmm. like literally left up to getting these assignments done on time and turning everything in. Like, what are some time management strategies or tips do you have to share with, um, you know, those who just transitioned online and they weren't prepared, you know, to, you know, for this, for anything, like yeah. no one's really prepared for this. Like what kind of tips can you give them? Um, well, the first thing I would do is make a plan. Right. Um, and at this point we don't know when we're going to be coming out of our houses. So it's never too late to make a plan. Yeah. Um, you know, make a plan. What are the things that you have accomplished, especially if you're a student? What are the things you've accomplished throughout the school year? Um, and I say that because people, you know, you need something to reflect on to keep you going, right? If I was able to pass this one class with an A, um, then I can definitely survive staying at home in this virtual space. So something that just making a list of those things that you are, you've accomplished so that it keeps you encouraged to keep going. Um, write a list of your strengths, write a list of your areas of opportunity. Um, those are all these things that you want to, to see if you could even work on while you're home. Then the next step would be making a daily schedule. Um, in that daily schedule, you should try your best to remain true to your regular schedule as if you were leaving home. Even if you are making the daily commute from your bedroom to your living room, right? Make plans to wake up at seven, eight o'clock in the morning, um, you know, and end your day at three, four o'clock, you know, make sure it's, it's a set schedule at least for your nine to five or at least for school. Um, in that schedule, establish the times when you're going to study, when you're going to get homework done. And then also establish a time to make sure you're eating, to make sure you're taking a break. Um, So really make it so that it's normal 
Um, you might also want to take the time to start planning for the future, right? So for students who need to start looking at the, the, the new academic year, I would recommend that they pull up their, um, their, their transcript, yes. their unofficial transcript. Look at your grades. Look at what's left to be taken. Put them under the right categories. What is a core course? What core courses do you have left? What prerequisites do you have left? What specialization or, or required courses for your major do you have left? How many electives do you have left? And really map out a, a plan for at least the next two semesters. See if you can get your academic advisor on the phone and then show them what you have. Show them what you have and ask them for advice on it. Um, so that's your way of being, you know, more proactive than reactive. You know, the goal is not to come out of staying home so much. You know, the goal is not to come out the same way we came in unprepared. Yes. Yes. You want to be able to know that you're coming out on, you are coming out more than prepared. Um, so those are some of the recommendations I would, I would have also see if you can find people to keep you accountable. They may yep. not be in your household, mm -hmm. but you know, if you used to have study groups at school, reach out to those friends, create a Zoom account, create a Google Hangouts, create a WebEx or a join me account and say, hey, we're still going to have these study sessions, even if it's virtual. Yeah. You know, um, even for myself, coming, not having to go into the office anymore, you know, I, for the most part, I stayed to myself, but I didn't realize how important human interaction is. Yep. You know, I had a call with um, my manager last week and he said, you know, I'm walking around the house um, in my twists. Like, I don't care. Right. Because no one has to see my face. <laughs> and I've opted not to go on these Zoom calls via video, you know, unless I have advanced notice. Because, you know, we got to take out the twists. We got to comb them out. We got to make sure edges are laid and everything. So everything. he said, this is going to be a video call. And I was, and you know, I found myself saying, oh my goodness, now I have to get ready. Now I have to this, now I have to that. Yeah. But when he came on the video call, I was so happy to see him. Yeah. And I realized that, you know, anytime I went on like a Zoom call, whether it was my students, whether it was, you know, church family, whatever it was, I realized how excited I was to see their face. Mm-hmm. And so even for students, consider doing the same thing, connecting via video call with your peers, with your classmates, even your friends, and share your, your daily schedule with them, share some of the challenges you have, get recommendations from them to see how they would manage it and see how it applies to you, and then factor that into your daily schedule. Um, I know for myself, I use Trello. It's a task manager yes. and, you know, you're able to share it with, you know, different friends and they can, you can collaborate on projects and so on and so forth. But I had a friend of mine, she's an entrepreneur and she's like, Hey, what are, how are we keeping each other accountable? And so she created a board and it's a group of entrepreneurs on there and everybody sees everyone's to-do list. It's a sign to, who, you know, you put all your to-dos, but it's just an opportunity for people to keep each other accountable students same thing find an accountability partner find an accountability group um and lean on each other because right now people need people 
Um, so if, if, you know, I know with some students, I've had my students complain about it. They're like, Miss Juliet, like, I'm not motivated. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there's not a one size fits all because everyone was just thrown into it, you know? So I had to work with that student in establishing a daily schedule with some of my other students. They have to check in with me every day as to what they studied, you know, what they did, um, and you know, what they learned. And I, and I told all of them, whether they're at the elementary or the high school level, this is your time to learn just the way you want. Even if you're in the virtual space, if you're a better listener, you know, pick up some videos on whatever subject you're having trouble with and listen. <laughs> if, you know, you're more hands-on, see if you can get a how-to book or see if you can get a video that will give you a step-by-step process for you to, you know, improve on the skills that you're having trouble with. Um, so, yeah, those, those are basically what I would recommend. It's once again, it's going to be, you might find yourself changing that daily schedule. You might find yourself changing that to-do list day in and out, week in and out. But the important thing is to be consistent and to be intentional about, you know, staying on track. That's true. And, you know, as you mentioned in your book about, you know, show ownership in your coursework, which is important Mm -hmm. in this um, aspect is because it's your work. It's not your parents' work. It's not your friend's work actually your work and if you want to Mm -hmm. get that grade that you have been working so hard all semester for you have to start showing ownership in taking the initiative to say hey i'm gonna wake up every single morning at this time i'm gonna get out of bed not gonna sit in bed and do work i'm actually gonna find a space that's gonna Mm -hmm. help me to focus and do the work that i need to do so yeah yeah, that's um very much important for you know the, the students that are at Absolutely. home thrown into this. <laughs> and you know what? And, and that's what I emphasize, you know, wake up early and go to bed on time, even if you're mm-hmm. home, because, th- and you might understand it. Imagine when you had to work your first job, like a nine to five type of structured job where you had to be in, in the morning mm-hmm. and out at a certain time. And the first week or so you are exhausted. Exhausted. Right? You mm-hmm. are like completely drained yep. and it's because your body was not used to that schedule. You know, yep. um, even if you used to start going to work at nine and now you have to go to work at seven, you're still drained, you know, coming from South Korea, I used to have, um, 10 hour days, but I had like a three hour break in between the mm-hmm. two sections. So when I came back to the States and I only had a one hour break, and I had to do all eight hours. It was a lot. So mm-hmm. when you're in, you know, as people are transitioning into this virtual space, especially for students, they should also start trying to train their bodies so that when it is time, especially if they end up going back into school, whether it's the last month or the last two weeks of the, the semester, at least their bodies were trained for it. Because you don't want, you don't want to be just, you know, completely relaxed, mm-hmm. completely disconnected. And then all of a sudden everybody's leaving home. Everybody's going to work and life goes back to normal. That will be in a harsher transition than having to transition into the home space. That is true. So, yeah. Yeah. 
It is true because I can tell you for a fact that, you know, the first couple um, weeks I was actually on vacation and then I came back to the States. I was mm-hmm. in Jamaica and then I came back and then um, they were like, oh, everyone's going to go online. We're going to start doing everything online. Mm-hmm. And so my body wasn't like, you know, ready to wake up that early because yeah. vacation and then mm-hmm. we're at home. So I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be super hard. So what I started yeah. doing was like set my alarm to wake me up. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I got to get up. I have to, you know, you know, get back into this work habit. Like I cannot just sit around or lie in bed. All yeah. Time. No, absolutely. So you definitely have to train your mind and your body mm-hmm. to get back into that habit also. It's very important. So before absolutely. you go, which is an incredible incredible opportunity to speak with you i really enjoyed you know sharing with you and speaking with you so can you share your social media accounts with the listeners and also your website just in case anyone wanted to come on over and you know get some information from your business absolutely um so my personal instagram account and on facebook as well is official Juliet Nuri Nelson. Juliet is spelled J-U-L-I-E-T-T-E. Um, Nuri is spelled N as Nancy, U-R-I, and Nelson, N-E-L-S-O-N. So my Instagram and Facebook handles are official Juliet Nuri Nelson. Um, Voisin um, is on Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, our handle is wasn't.lms. Um, and for Junuri, um, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That is Junuri, J U, and as a Nancy, U R I dot co. Our website is also www.junuri.co. If you go to www.junuri.co slash stay home, you can actually find um, a resource resource page with some of the offers we have to help um, students. We are actually offering a 30-minute free tutoring or coaching session with students until May 31st. Nice. Um, and then 10% off all academic and professional services after that 30 minutes. Um, we also have a resource page with, um, you know, companies that, have free online system, online uh, courses for students from the elementary to the college level. We have that on the website. Um, and we also have, you know, an interesting blog that also gives some insight and advice on what they can do to stay productive. So definitely check out the website. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of this week episode. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Stop the record. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of For Change Be Bold. You can keep the conversation going by following me on any of my Instagram page at For Change Be Bold Podcast or at For Change Be Bold. Until next week, have a beautiful Friday.